Welcome to Entering Storybrooke, a Once Upon a Time podcast, where we rewatch and analyze the ABC show. Before we begin, our podcast artwork was designed by Nickel Anarchy, and our theme song was created by Taylor Paisley French. Be aware, this podcast contains spoilers for the Once Upon a Time series. Welcome to Entering Storybrooke, a Once Upon a Time rewatch and analysis podcast. You are joined today by three freshly hatched Easter egg dwarves who have been cursed to believe they're adult podcasters. Today, we're looking at season one, episode 14, Dreamy, which premiered on March 4th, 2012. It was directed by David Solomon and written by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. Hey, Robert, want to tell us what happened on this day? Sure do. Notably on this day, the number one movie in the box office was Lorax. Good. How bad could I possibly be? <laughs> we Are Young by Fun is the top song of the week. Erica wanted to put in fuck yes for this. We love fun. <laughs> Everything I looked up about March 4th was super depressing. Like, for example, Putin won the Russian election today. A bunch of people died. A bunch of Peruvian people fought the cops. Was not a fun day, apparently. Fun. Well, not fun, but I was saying it sarcastically. I feel I need to say that now because I said it. it's not, it's not, it's a fat. Let's move on. Oh, and hi, Fran here. They know. Yeah, th- yeah they so, know. I don't know why I pointed that out. I'm the most recognizable person. We're not, <laughs> we're not Darren, Eric, and Robert. We're Fran, Eric, and Robert. They can tell the difference between the two voices today. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's spin the wheel. Erica, are you feeling a Bones Day or a No Bones Day? No Bones. All right, let's see. But now so that it's... you asked me, it's going to be Bones. Uh... Oh, it just barely crossed Fran into Erica. So yeah, it is your turn. Uh, okay. I'm pretty sure I, 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 I sped watched the rest of it this morning after I fell asleep last night watching it. So let's see how mm. we do. Ready? Tell me when. Oh. I don't or I can time phone. myself. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. All right. So our main plot for this episode in Storybrooke and in the Enchanted Forest is Leroy and Astrid the Nun. And then Grumpy slash Dreamy, we find out. And Nova, the fairy godmother in training. They're both dreamers. Um, and they kind of fall in love, but basically both in real life and in the Enchanted Forest, they cannot be together because Astrid is a nun um, and Nova apparently isn't allowed to like have romantic relationships as a fairy. And also dwarves don't fall in love, can't fall in love, can't have families, can't like do anything besides work in the mines. They're like poor, poor capitalist slaves. Um, they, uh, Leroy does things to try to impress Astrid, they sell candles. Mary Margaret is trying to recover from being the town harlot. It's not going so well. Um, Emma is investigating into the disappearance of Catherine. It's also not going well because we think that maybe David had something to do with it, but also it seems like maybe Mayor is... <laughs> Robert's already turning me down. It's just the out. But yeah, Regina sorry. is meddling in the investigation. You did very well. It's a very good explanation of stuff. Because also, okay. the stuff current, like, the Catherine stuff is important. But also, no one kind of really gives that much of a shit. <laughs> Both yeah. in-universe and also story-wise. Yeah, it's wild. So, what did we think of the episode? It was alright. <laughs> it's sad, yeah? It's sad. Yeah. But just because it's sad, does that make it good? I think it was good for Dreamy's char- Dreamy slash Grumpy's character. 
Yeah. But like the own, but firstly, this is the whole thing that literally just opened this episode. When we're first introduced to Dreamy, it's like this boy looks high as fuck, and it is a vibe I want to experience. Because this man just like his it, it it gave you know Johnny in The Shining, you know when he knocks down his face sticks out, and he just like like mad smile, but less terrifying and more I want what he's having sort of vibes. <laughs> But like other than that, I just thought it was really nice. I like the whole dreamy thing, and it does it brings to question: Was everyone in the enchanted forest really living their best life? Because it doesn't seem like Grumpy was. Mm-hmm. Also, where the fuck is Nova and Astrid in future? She's never in the sh- in the show again. This is her only episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't really remember her coming back, but I don't remember a lot of things. I double checked. This is the only episode in the entire series she's ever in. Dang. She never returns again. I can't believe they forgot <laughs> about Astrid. <laughs> I think that it's. I think that the decision to make Grumpy formerly Dreamy is very cute. And as far as I know, the invention of the writers of the episode. I did a quick Google and couldn't find anything else. Um, it's adorable that like the two of them both. Nova, I'm going to get them confused because they're basically the same name, but Nova and Dreamy are dreamers. Um, The cold open of the episode is the blue fairy telling Nova that she's such a silly little dreamer. Um, We'll get into the blue fairy. (laughs) But it's cute that they have these dreams and then you see sort of the, the forces of those in charge of the enchanted forest realm just knocking people down and telling them they can't have their dreams and that they need to slot into their little roles. Um, but yeah, it tells me that the Enchanted Forest is a very rigid structural place, mm. which is sad. Because usually forests are places of wonder and places where there are no rules in Western literature and media, where you go into it and then you come out changed. But this Enchanted Forest is, is very rigid. Yeah, it's very much Full like of archetypes. Cap- yeah, it's capitalism at its finest. Because these people are literally, they're hatching lifelong slaves like that is the premise of this episode is that these dwarves are lifelong slaves to the fairies and it's kind of like what the fuck yeah specifically the fairies because they mine fairy dust yeah it's a whole weird thing robert it's just specifically just talking about how building uh, a narrative in your story that these are characters who like are enslaved and don't question it and to a degree like it makes me instinctively think about um the house elves from harry potter mm-hmm. and how yeah mm-hmm. you can draw a parallel between like dobby and dreamy who are both oh like God, i yeah. i want more from life out of being an indentured slave and everyone looks at them like they're weird like no you don't that's not the status quo you shouldn't want that it's really weird that you think like that you know, instead of, instead of, hey, slavery is bad, it's, hey, the slaves who come, like, who, like, come to their senses, quote, unquote, and realize they want more in life are, quote, unquote, bad. Yeah. I think we're definitely meant to sympathize with grumpy, dreamy Leroy in this mm-hmm. scenario, Um, and see that the fact that he was told he couldn't pursue his dreams changed his whole life. It changed his identity. Um, But yeah, it's complicated. There's a lot going on because 
they say to him literally like dwarves can't fall in love yeah which is so awful because he feels broken because he feels like he can't fall in love but then he also feels like he did fall in love so he's not only is he a bad dwarf maybe he's not a dwarf at all or maybe he was just fooling himself it's just the most horrendous like manipulation I felt really bad for him yeah on that front yeah yeah I kind of wish they'd explored that a little bit more like later on in the series because like that's like a huge thing like why would they, well we know why but basically these whole dwarves were basically born with a specific set of circumstances that were given to them so they can be like like i said forever slaves like that's a whole thing about it was there ever like a dwarf revolution in the past of people trying to rise up and, like I wanna there know must have been at some point a dwarf revolution in the history of the enchanted forest oh yeah find a fanfic about it <laughs> Just like there were ogre wars, there have to have been dwarf revolutions. Yeah. It's just, it's it's such an interesting premise of these dwarves born into servitude, basically. And one of them being born as a literal dreamer. Something that is basically, kind of goes against the status the quo. The antithesis of, of his identity, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that leads to, like, as we see at the end of the episode, like, he's broken down by the system so much that he changed like his name changes his personality his entire existence changes because of this he becomes a completely different person um it's just it's such a fascinating law uh, this is the whole thing once upon a time has so many interesting concepts and that, that it just doesn't go anywhere yeah they just kind of they just kind of forget them because like leroy and the dwarves just become kind of servants later on to the charming family except for Leroy who has a bit more personality mainly in the fact that he calls everyone sister like that's just his one trait that and also taking the piss out of the whole situation but like he's the only one with a personality out of all the dwarves and that's the what do you mean we got sneezy whose personality is that he sneezes sneezing and we got sleepy <laughs> whose personality is that he sleeps and we have like four others that i think they gave names but i don't remember them for shit i only remember doc and happy oh wait, wait i only wait. know about happy because the actor for happy got into some real shit with the once upon a time fans like years ago because he was bad he was bad mouthing the emma and regina ship basically saying people were delusional <gasps> for believing in it <laughs> and like it led to like this huge thing of people being like yeah you can't say shit like that <laughs> like no one even knows you exist in the show so you have no room to talk and like people that's a off. fascinating piece of like fandom history yeah I, I was deep in it at that time i was there when it happened and i was like don't don't fight an actor fran do not fight an actor <laughs> imagine yeah. being irrelevant in the show to from like uh like being such a side character no one knows who you are and you try to make yourself be heard by dissing on like the main ship that everyone likes speaking of the actors good time to shout out the actor who plays the titular role grumpy leroy dreamy um lee ehrenberg the place that he is the most recognizable from besides once Upon a Time is the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, mm. um, <laughs> where in which he plays one of two like bumbling buffoons um, in every movie, which is just so good. But he's been, he has had a long, long career in the TV film industry playing character roles. He's in so many things. Like he has one of those like endless like IMDb lists. You can just oh, yeah. scroll and scroll through his credits. Um, 
And a fun fact about him is that he grew up in Los Angeles and he attended the Santa Monica High School with the Brat Packers, which if you are like a nerd about film, that was like Sean Penn, Robert Downey Jr. and Emilio Estevez. Um, There's all these like instances of actors, you know, kind of going to school together, like being friends when they were young and then all making it. Um, Yeah, he I think he also started a, a theater troupe, a theater group in Los Angeles. So he just he's so dedicated to the craft, man. <laughs> oh my god. We love that for him. Also, sorry, I just realized just looking at his credit list. He was also in an episode of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland <laughs> in an episode down the rabbit hole as Leroy he appears in it. We love that for him. Um but yeah, no, he's a great actor. Oh my god, I was I can't remember I didn't post it in like I did like a casting video for the Percy Jackson show, just to bring up Percy Jackson. Um I would have loved, I would love for him to be Hephaestus as well, possibly. Like him as a possibility. That's so cute. That would be awesome. I'd be so down I totally see that, yeah. I think I also found customers best from Ooh, that would be really good. Yeah. Erica doesn't know who that is because she hasn't read King Chronicles. (laughs) I read them when I was 10. That doesn't count. (laughs) You said, you you said, you told us in a previous episode, you don't remember anything before 18. That doesn't count. I also don't remember anything from the Cana Chronicles, so you're completely right. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, I don't remember anything from 10 minutes ago. That too. Sing us out, Erica. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just, he is such, he's such a good actor. Um, like even with like some of like the sort of dopey sort of cringy stuff that you get in this episode of like, you know, the scene of where um, Astrid in her nun self, like dropping some of that what is meant to represent sort of fairy dust dropping it on him and he kind of looks at her and like he has this really dopey huge slightly creepy in some angles <laughs> smile but it just it works because he pulls it off so well even though it's cringy slash creepy at the same time it still works because he's a good actor there's there's always something about the outward grumpy insulting character with a secret heart of gold that just gets me yeah that's 100 percent. i feel like some people's favorite uh, archetype <laughs> it's you like just... oh no go ahead i was trying to think of another one from something else oh my brain can't yeah. think of anything else i was right gonna now. say emma is technically that character I guess, emma technically is that character but she's also designated to be the main hero of the story so you know by default she has some like heart of gold in her yeah have either of you seen hunt for the wilder people this is a somewhat obscure reference but it's a Taika Waititi film in which there is a grumpy old man who has a heart of gold Uh, (laughs) for some reason the only thing I can think of right now but yeah we've seen that trope before we know what it is The, 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 the other version of this trope I really like are old grizzled characters who have already done the quest and the fighting or whatever who are uh, who have to interact with the newer generation and be like, you know, I'm too old for this shit. I'm I'm in retirement. I'm not going to do this, but fine, I'll help you. Shout out to Bob and Damason from the House of Hades. The I'm too old for this trope. <laughs> can, can I bring up my favorite part of this episode, which is the Mary Margaret hate? <laughs> because you liked it or because you hated it? I think it's funny because the whole, like, (laughs) I think it's funny because she gets read for filth in this episode, basically. And I am not going to sit here and blame Mary Margaret for, like, 
the relationship disaster that was David and Catherine and Mary Margaret. Like, I'm not blaming Mary Margaret for, like, David and Catherine's relationship going south. I just think it's funny that she, like, Mary Margaret is so obsessed with being a good person. <laughs> like, and she gets called out on it by, I think it's Emma, where she, like, because the whole town apparently hates her and thinks she's a quote-unquote harlot she volunteers to sell all the candles for the nuns for the fundraiser. And Emma is like, you don't have to do charity work. I think I wrote down the quote. Let me oh, find yeah, it. Yeah, you did. Uh, um, um, I'm not going to lie. The, the second you said she's trying to be a good person, I was just thinking about the Lightning Thief musical. I try to be a good kid. Oh, yeah. You don't have to do charity to win people's hearts back. But I have to do something. <laughs> like yeah emma's just like come on like just doing all these things that you think is going to make you a quote-unquote good person isn't going to change the fact that like you did make a mistake by sleeping with the married man and then yeah. you just kind of have to deal with that yeah but i also sympathize with mary margaret being like i need to do something with my time and like something that is positive and so volunteering <laughs> mary margaret being a people pleaser actually broke me <laughs> Because I was like, wait, why is this me? Why is the least favorite character to me the person who is so like me? I hate everything right now. Hey, Fran, <laughs> were, were you a good student and uh, always doing your best and you eventually became the gifted burnout kid? Yeah, there was a meme made about me at my school. My university and secondary school, it was called Going Full Fran. You so showed us this meme. I remember I did this. This meme, I did. Um, and it was basically if going full Fran. Going full Fran, yeah, yeah. And it was basically I always did my coursework and all these sort of things months in advance, mainly because dyslexia, dyspraxia, dyscalculia, all that fun stuff. So I had to because disabilities, <laughs> but also because my anxiety, well, yeah, additional mental health issues of like if I don't do this now. I'll fail and never make it anywhere in life <laughs> sort of vibe. So I would do it all like months in advance, have everything all sorted. And it was called going full Fran. So anyone else in my year who did the same thing would say, I'm doing a full Fran when they were in the library. Like they would comment on it or put it on social media or I'm doing a full Fran today. Like it was a huge thing throughout my entire like graduate class. <laughs> and how did that make you feel? I fucking loved it. I was like, yeah. I'm Hell yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say we I kind of had something similar for my one of my classmates in college his name's his name is James Phobes shout out to James Phobes he just got married last week um but he always does everything full out like he's a dancer and if you ask him to do one turn he's gonna do seven turns like and he's gonna like write you know like he's gonna do everything to the best of his ability and do it really hard and we call it going full out Phobes oh my god so like I love it. I'm gonna do this one full out Phobes I'm gonna go uh full fran <laughs> yeah yeah all right me and james are like soulmates from across the pond oh <laughs> um but that just kind of like a whole mary margaret's whole thing is just like oh my god it got me though um, like as i put in my comments though admittedly i've never had an affair with a married man and continued even when i knew it probably wasn't a good idea though i did nearly become a heterosexual marriages unicorn because they lied to me. <laughs> um, if someone is asking for a unicorn on a dating app, run for your fucking life. <laughs> Do not assume that that just means they're gay. That means they're heteros who want a lesbian to experiment with. Because they do not understand what lesbian means. Because they're thick. <laughs> 
said, run. It, it, isn't that someone from Lebanon? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Everyone's I actually did not know this term, Fran, so thank you for the education. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> on how to navigate the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, will, I will tell you more after because they got so much worse. Dating but, apps um, are fun, aren't they? They're not. Ugh. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Mary Margaret just has a character in this episode. I can't. Hmm. I have a love hate relationship with Mary Margaret, and I think this is the episode where it stemmed from <laughs> because she's a people pleaser like me, so automatically we've got connections I automatically hate. Um, and <laughs> she's a reflection of myself. I must destroy her. Um, and then just kind of like t- just the fact that she is the sort of person of just like, oh, I know I did a bad thing, so I've got to make myself look so much better because I'm a good person. I do good things. And I'm like, you may, you may think yourself a good person, but you did still have an affair with a married man and didn't really see a problem with it, considering each time you said we should stop, you never fucking did. So clearly you didn't see an issue with it. And it's just a recurring issue I've had with Mary Margaret because every single time she does fucked up shit and justifies it by saying I'm a good person. This I have to agree. <laughs> I also find point. her to be a very engaging character because I also care deeply about being a good person and I also constantly am making mistakes and, you know, not thinking about the consequences of my actions. <laughs> I believe that's called being a human being. Being a Gemini. I don't know. <laughs> but you recognize your mistakes. Mary Margaret refuses. <laughs> and... We, we we do not stand. Or at least I don't. I don't stand. No, Go to fucking no, therapy, don't. Mary Margaret. And just not Dr. Hopper. He That man got yeah, his oh, yeah. certificate. That man got Leave. his degree out of a fucking cereal box. Leave and go to the city and then go to therapy. Go to Boston. Boston. I believe they literally say in this episode, go to Doc. You're going to trust a dwarf who got his medical degree from a pickaxe? <laughs> <laughs> That was my favorite line of the episode. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's no, just, no. it's wonky. Um, so speaking of other, hi- I have a few things I want to talk about this episode that are like weird. Bring them up, bring them up. <laughs> so of course the, the, uh, the, uh, the obligatory, I completely forgot that dwarves came from eggs. So the opening scene rocked my fucking world. <laughs> Um, that person, what's it? I, I, that person who was painting the sign that was like the minor festivals today, that motherfucker was just pretending to paint on. I don't know if anyone noticed that was a completely finished sign, dry ass paint. And it's just someone like tapping like, um, a prop paintbrush against the sign. I'm like, no, shut up. TV magic. It's TV magic. <laughs> How did we feel when they started whistling hi ho? Because I wanted to die. Uh, in my head, I was kind of like, I did not know that they had copyright to do this. It's all well, Disney, Disney, isn't it? Yeah. It's Disney, yeah. Oh, was Disney already like in power over at ABC? I did not know that. I thought they weren't for some reason. Isn't this Disney's Once Upon a Time? Yeah. Yeah. It, Disney oh. has had ABC for a very long time. Um, if oh. not created it, let me look it up real quick. The only reason why I thought this is because I swear there was something in one of the earlier episodes that looked like there was like an illusion to something Disney related but wasn't fully Disney related because of problems. I thought they didn't come in until like later because like obviously we had that Disney property with the Frozen arc later on. I thought that was when Disney actually got like fully involved. Nope. I was not aware that they- Okay, that makes a lot of sense actually. 
So we're all in agreement that a reasonable party rental system would confirm, excuse me, ma'am, you're ordering 144 helium tanks. Are you sure you want this? <laughs> yeah, but also they want to take that money, though. It's a capitalist society. Astrid is just single-handedly responsible for the helium shortage. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, that was a thing, wasn't it? It's still a thing. We, we're running out of helium. Oh, <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it was Astrid's fault. 100%. Damn. No wonder she wasn't in the show. She got kicked off and destroyed the planet. <laughs> um, when when Dreamy was asking uh, at the... But by the way, there's a scene where all the dwarves are in a, in a, in a tavern just drinking, having fun. Belle's there randomly. Like, and I Belle guess... shows up. Timeline. Someone explain to me the timeline. Uh, because she's talking about not being in love anymore and like when did this when did this interaction happen yeah i don't know i would say it seems to be some well no because it can't be some time after because she's kidnapped by regina it, it, like the kidnapped moment... by regina yeah there, there was a very very small window of time and i refuse to believe that is shortly after she left rumpelstiltskin's place it's like right before she goes on the walk in the woods yeah i guess when regina buys <laughs> I don't know. That would be it, I guess. Yeah. Me, mm, I don't know. But I, I just want to point out this scene because Dreamy asks uh, asks Belle, what is love? And desperately I wanted someone to say, baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> mm. Don't hurt me no more. I forget don't... what exactly Leroy's job is in Storybrooke. He's some kind of like unionized worker. Good for him. I think he's like a, like a, he's a custodial worker. Custodial worker, which makes sense. You know, a teacher and a custodian aren't going to have $5,000. That's the main uh, conflict of this episode, by the way. The the nuns that Astrid are, is a part of, Astrid, right? That's her name? Yeah. yeah that yeah. Astrid is a part of have to come up with money because Astrid, ordering 144 tanks of helium, went over their budget and now they're not going to have money for rent. And their renter, of course, is Mr. Gold. Their landlord. Yeah. Their landlord. Yeah. Sorry. And um, now. <laughs> who hates nuns. Who hates nuns. That's the thing that <laughs> he just flat out says. Finds them, quote unquote, distasteful. Fire. What a fire insult. <laughs> oh, God. It's. it's it, and so now Leroy and Snow White have to sell all the candles to get that money. There's a liar revealed element where Leroy says initially they sold them all. And then Astrid like brings a cake to him to congratulate him. And then she finds out, oh, wait, no, you didn't sell it all. You lied to me. And then A, Leroy in his decision is like, I'm going to like turn off the power of, of the town, I guess, so that everyone's forced to buy these candles. Yeah, my guy, if you touch a pickaxe, to live electrical wires, you, you are not living. Rest in peace, Leroy. He fucking died. <laughs> <laughs> and B, if there's, I, I looked at the like the money that because there 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 was never a price stated, but if you look closely at the amount of money each person's handing it, it's three dollars. So three dollars per candle to get five thousand dollars means that they at minimum have one thousand six hundred and sixty-seven candles to sell. You're and it looks like everyone got one or two. You're telling me that there's only like a thousand, eight hundred to a thousand six hundred people in Storybrooke. That Maybe that right. many people attended the Miners' Day Fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other thing is, I also like in the opening scene when Mary Margaret goes into Granny's diner to like oh ask gosh. for help. A, 
the silence that everyone gives her and then like look away fuck off b who the hell are half these extras like who were they in the enchanted forest i think that's the beauty of the show is that you get to be like literally who is this? <laughs> that's hansel and gretel's like stepmother or something wait a minute who are you godfather yeah yeah it's just oh god what was it that did i send it to you guys that like tiktok meme i made about if i was a character in once upon a time and I was yes like, you did i did yeah yeah because yeah. like i was a teacup like i made myself a, like a teapot or a teacup or something like that just randomly i was like yes it's weird i have a body now it's possible these people were literally just like random things from the enchanted forest random enchanted, enchanted objects yeah enchanted objects yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone was a chair and now mm-hmm. they just sit still all the time like in the diner because <laughs> they're very confused they don't understand how to live <laughs> probably rocking up like a huge tab at granny's and just like paying it off little by little yeah Oh, Allow this to transition me into my biggest complaint for the episode slash in general, which is that, again, Nova and Astrid are not different enough names that it makes sense for her to have two different names in the Enchanted Forest and in real life. Some people have the same name, like Regina or David, you know, but some people just have slightly different names. Like if you're going to be named Rebecca in real life and then be named Rachel in the Enchanted Forest. It's just, I'm not swinging for that. It's not working out for me. Like, you need to be like really, really fancy in the Enchanted Forest and then you can be Rebecca or Rachel in the real, in real life. But otherwise, it just doesn't make sense. It's too hard for me to keep track of all their names. I, I agree. I was also going to say, just like, um, the, the Blue Fairy, that is one example of like that working because I don't think she has a name. Yes, I think that works well. Yeah, she's just Mother Superior. Which, by the way, I would like to point out that these nuns are not proper nuns because their outfits are not correct. (laughs) Like They're low-budget nuns. (laughs) They're low-budget nuns in the sense that, like, you know what, maybe they could date because they're not nunly enough. So they don't have the rings. The the costume budget goes to Regina and Regina only. (laughs) (laughs) As it should. Also, those leather jackets, because they look pricey actually mm-hmm. i did actually look at the price someone put like a listing of basically the cost of each individual costumes and all of the leather jackets were like 500 dollars each like that was the, and i was like oh my god those like, are from her bail bonds days oh yeah <laughs> my luxurious items are four different colored leather jackets because fuck it because gay <laughs> yes except disney said no because of course they did um Fun fact for anyone who wants to look up outfits from the show or any show or movie, you can go on warnontv.net, type in, you know, the show, go to the season and episode, go to the scene, and it'll tell you more or less, you know, hey, this is what they got. And it'll be like this simple outfit that looks like it costs like, you know, 30 bucks because it's Emma or whatever. In reality, it costs like 2000 I'm looking at it right now. I was like, oh, damn. Oh, some of these things, <laughs> some of them are like ASOS. <laughs> ASOS, $20. Oh, so many people wore so much plaid in this show. I'm like, how the fuck was no one gay? <laughs> they were just in Maine, Fran. <laughs> oh god, yeah, I forgot. I forgot. Fucking America. Um, <laughs> your regional clothing ruining America, it all where people wear plaid even when they're not gay. <laughs> <laughs> 
speaking so so i just went all the way down to like whatever the first one was uh the first outfit that they're looking at is emma's pink dress from the first episode uh that is going for 28 dollars at nordstrom if you would like to look like episode one emma (laughs) shall we storyline standouts or where are we yeah we're at storyline standout yeah um the only additional thing I just want to mention is just that I love that Leroy is firstly a simp for a nun because you know what? It's so Power funny. Tune. That's one of the funniest parts of the episode when Mary Margaret is like, she's a nun, Leroy. Could you have chosen anyone else? <laughs> and the then Leroy hits, yeah, Leroy hits back like, you went after a married man. You're not much better. Exactly. Exactly. Good dialogue between it, these yeah, two. I was going to say, and in both cases, technically... Astro can stop being a nun if she chooses. David exactly. Had multiple, David had multiple chances to leave his wife and didn't. 100% David is the true enemy in the scenario. Always. Oh yeah. <laughs> David and the Blue Fairy, but we'll get to that. Uh, yes! <laughs> but um, I, I would also like to point out, I would also get behind um, being a simp for Astrid because Amy Acker's smile would get me to sell all the candles possible. And I would yeah. just buy them myself. I would give her my money. Like, I would take the candles, fill my entire house with candles, just so she would smile at me. That sounds like a fire hazard. I wouldn't light them, because I'm afraid of candles. <laughs> there's there's stories of people with certain windows or mirrors in the right place in, like, an empty house where the sunlight reflects off the windows or the mirrors and lights something on fire in We the don't house. have sunlight. This is the UK. Okay, so you know what? You can have your, you can have your house filled with candles, then. Yeah. Okay. That, that was all. That was all. Just like, yes, I, I too would simp for Amy <laughs> I remember, like, looking at the episode name before I watched it, like, like a week ago when we were deciding, oh, we have to, like, record the episode. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's the grumpy episode. I remember this. This is very sad. And then I watched it, and I'm like, yeah, no, this is pretty goddamn sad. <laughs> Fellas, have you ever gotten your heart broken so badly you just devote your life to capitalistic function? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh god, I have actually. Same. <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. I I have a lot I'm processing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I think that it's just being told literally you're not capable of love, it's not how we're made is enough for anyone to enter their villain era or at least their hashtag #grumpy era. Like <laughs> that's yeah. so hard. That, that that's I think that that's a fear that a lot of people, maybe everybody has at some point maybe i don't know maybe this isn't something everyone struggles with but thinking that for whatever reason you aren't able to express love feel love properly function in a loving relationship that's why that's what makes this episode sad is that we all have that that nervousness of that kind of vulnerability or that we're able to be really happy and loving i'm sorry i'm destroying robert right now i'm gonna stop (laughs) i i i I, I have been looking at a lot of the actions through my life and it might turn out I've been aromantic my entire life and I just never knew it. But that's there's a whole... There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with, with that. But also it was just yeah. such a, it was such a, a click one day to be like, actually, wait a minute, this like lines up all the pieces. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh no, I have a, I have a thing. <laughs> you're a dwarf. But I'm a dwarf. Even- but not in the shitty way that Bossy is making it out to be, because that name is accurate. But it really should be bitchy. Yeah. This, this man. 
it's either it's either an arrow or i've just never met anyone i've liked in like a different way of like i just hate everyone you know what i mean it's one or the other yeah robert therapy i am in therapy yes good good i I have told my therapist this and she's like let's talk about this either option is valid absolutely you just just gotta talk through it and i'm like okay we love that for them yes conversation is important this is how universal journeys about wondering how much love we're capable of yeah poor grumpy poor grumpy yes at least you get a choice grumpy does not yeah to an extent i don't know i thought just just for storyline standout i i'm a sucker for a lot of things a lot of different tropes that have been used a billion times but i'm a sucker for revealing a character is different or has been emotionally damaged because they can't do something they used to, they were once able to do like grumpy is no longer able to use the dreamy axe it breaks in his hands and he gets a new axe that says grumpy and it's like oh okay that's that's metaphorical yeah that actually kind of hurt with that whole set of like this axe will never break because it is a part of you and then the moment he starts using it like instantly snaps and it changes and it's just oh god that whole moment i was like this man was parkouring for his lady and they said no mm. more love for you because you are yeah. incapable. and it was just, oh god well, it's me- hard it's heartbreak but it's not mm. heart it's like well it's like being dreamy right it's like when you're young and you fall in love for the first time and you're dreamy and you believe anything is possible and then you get your heart broken but you don't get your heart broken by the other person in your relationship you get your heart broken by the very idea and belief that you're not capable of loving yeah and in this and it, it usually comes through the voice of someone superior in your life telling you like you can't actually do this in this or you can't mother superior hack Which- it or whatever yeah which I guess brings us to the Blue Fairy. Uh, me and the homies oh. hate the Blue Fairy. Fuck what? the Blue Fairy. I'm going to say this is the one occasion, well, one of many, admittedly. Regina was always right. The Blue Fairy is an annoying, irresponsible little gnat. She is so, even in the cold open, like that was what, me, like, it set me off right away. She is so condescending to nova being like oh you're such a silly little klutzy little fairy one day you'll have to grow up and be a real woman okay like oh ooh. so passive aggressive it's awful yeah. great actress <laughs> oh yeah actress amazing um character die in a hole um <laughs> and i would happily watch regina put her there yeah. um because it's what she deserves the whole um, the whole thing everyone knows how bad she is to an extent like nova was when grumpy was like breaking up with her and being like we can't be together she's like oh you spoke to the blue fairy ignore her you know we're in love we can do this and grumpy's like no because the blue fairy just comes up to him and he's and she's like listen if you pursue this she will lose her dream of ever being a fairy godmother and she'll have to live whatever you know torturous life with you to an extent is what she said and Grumpy cares for her so much that he's like, I can't let that happen. Yeah. It's just something about, that she's not even, like, the Blue Fairy is awful in the show. She's worse in fan fiction, and I would like to say that in fan fiction she gets her comeuppance so often it's the best thing to read. Just um, someone whispers to her, I don't believe in fairies, and she just explodes. <laughs> God, I wish that happened. Um, not to that extent, but other kinds. But, like, I just, 
the blue fairy is similar to me with what Mary Margaret is as the good guy sort of character of she is so in a sense this holier than thou person that she truly believes any action she makes is automatically sprinkled with goodness um and i don't know if this is a whole thing this is an issue i have i do not remember what things actually happen in the show and what things happen in fan fiction <laughs> so i'm going to say a thing that probably didn't happen but i feel like it did um in the sense that the reason why there is a spat between regina and the blue fairy is because the blue fairy deemed regina as less than or already evil which is why she didn't become her fairy godmother did that happen in show because i do not remember i vaguely remember there is a reason why the blue fairy just doesn't like regina even before she's evil like she says something like when she's trying to set regina and robin hood up at some point was that was that her or was that someone else? I know Tinkerbell is involved at one point. Someone but, Oh, but Blue Fairy specifically doesn't want Tinkerbell to work with Regina. There we she's, go. Like, she's got a dark heart. There and we Tinkerbell go. Tinkerbell is the reason why uh, T- Tinkerbell basically says, You can't write someone off. She's in a horrible situation. Maybe if we help her, things will change. And Blue Fairy literally basically says some people aren't worth saving. Like in a long about way. In a long about way. In a because long about way. The blue fairy stood in front of Regina's happiness. She's responsible for everything that's happened. Yeah, the blue fairy's a twat. She's um, the true enemy. Not Rumple, not Regina. It's the blue fairy. Yeah. We all cited the blue fairy as the thing that we disliked about this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, my comment. Blue fairy is a bitch. There, I said it. She also never gets better. Controversial take that everyone agrees with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so characters slash plot points we hate or disliked. Uh, blue fairy, fucker. It was all I, the blue fairy. <laughs> yeah. I also just I didn't like uh the fact that people are framing David. Like I know David's not the reason that Abig 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 Abig. What's her name? Kath- she's Catherine. Catherine in this world. And Abigail and the Enchanted Forest. That Catherine went missing. I know he's not. If I remember correctly, no one tell me this. I think it's the Mad Hatter who did it. I think so. I no one. Oh, no we, one can I don't find out. She just suddenly. Oh, does she just disappear and no one ever finds her again? Well, she reappears, but we don't know how or why. I just assume she ran away. So like she needed a little break. No, so I think she returns back, but like in a like haggled state, and she has like no memory of what happened, basically. Oh my god, poor thing, poor and thing. And then she disappears. What you're telling me is that again. the writers wrote themselves into a corner and had no way to write themselves out, so they just bullshitted their way out. Yeah, but they also made it worse. So they're trying to frame David in this episode, and I think the next episode, and then they frame Mary Margaret instead. So it's like. But just because like they couldn't get David, so they suddenly did a one eighty. It was like, okay, now we've got to make shit that it's. Ma-. It was really stupid. The whole thing was. I was like, why have you done this? <laughs> this you is such a stupid plot. You know what's something I I don't like is at the end. I guess everyone forgives Mary. This is going to sound like a weird thing that I'm that I that I don't like, but I don't like how easily everyone just sort of like I guess forgives and forgets Mary Margaret did this stuff with David because at the end. I guess it's supposed to be implied when when Granny like you know helps her light her candle. It's supposed to be implied like everyone forgives her, whatever. Like you have, you have resolved yourself of all sin by selling all these candles. We love you again for nuns. 
specifically. You know who hasn't resolved himself of any sins? David Nolan. What? But, but it's just because Mary Margaret puts herself out there to try to still be a member of the community and try to do protective good things that she gets treated poorly. David just hides. Yeah. Though, I mean, I kind of, I would understand slightly why they would be more standoffish to her is because she's trying to still act like a good person. Like, obviously, David's more in the wrong situation. But, but like, when someone is involved in a situation that's kind of shitty but then still tries to act like a really good person and like kind of nothing's wrong i would get why people would be like nah fuck you <laughs> like no we're not getting involved in this but it's still stupid because also none of these people knew Catherine. like they don't know also like this is their personal tea like i don't know maybe because i don't understand small town politics but i was just like come on no none of you guys were there you don't know what was going on with that relationship with that marriage don't read everything don't believe everything you read in the daily mirror <laughs> yeah, which apparently has town gossip columns <laughs> oh my god that was hilarious um yeah the whole thing is just kind of like it's stupid but like i'm half like i get why people are angry but also none of these people know anyone in this situation most of these people only know mary margaret in this situation and like she's never really kind of put a foot wrong yeah i'm this. like the 99 percent of time that they've known mary margaret she's been a good teacher to her kids or to the kids she's been a good member of society like advocating for the nuns and whatever and yeah. volunteering oh, doing volunteer work whale so that may have like led to her she hooked up points. with well, all they have to do okay fine to be fair hooking up with whale is probably like subjectable to the death penalty but she got away with it it's okay <laughs> yeah but not not for me not, that doesn't not, have to do with whether or not she's a good person no but it could be reason why people be like oh she's got questionable decision making skills if she's not or people not are just misogynistic like I understand people can be sexist, but like. <laughs> I just want to dare- clarify: death penalty for Doctor Whale, not for Snow White. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, no, no, he's the one in the wrong. But I could definitely see people being like, "Okay, that's." I know he's a womanizer, but he's also a twat. Like he's also he's creepy like, looking as fuck. Yeah, but like she slept with him once. You know, you know, once for me, for me once, twice. Shame on. Oh wait, no, what was it? Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Okay, that's it. So then, wait, I thought it was the other way around. Fool me once, shame on you. It's definitely the other way around. Damn it! (laughs) Okay. Because that's what I'm trying to lead to is, like, the second time she sleeps with him, it's kind of like, okay, some questionable decision-making here, Mary Margaret. Was it even good enough the first time? Like, I get you're, like, desperate and sad, but was it good enough the first time to try and go back for a second round? With Dr. Whale. There's other things. There's other things than questioning who she's sleeping with in Storybrooke. True, but admittedly, there aren't many other eligible men around her age. So I who guess. else is she? Doctor Hopper was like her one other option. Yeah, we don't know many people. Well, Leroy, and then there's Leroy. Okay, so honestly, out of, out of the four options presented so far, Leroy, I think, would be the best one. He's a little, <laughs> he's a little mean spirited, <laughs> but I think he would be very, very protective and we nice. We are not going to play MFK with the male characters of Storybrooke right now. I will literally jump off of this call. <laughs> All I know is, can I put Hopper and David and Whale in the K corner? 
Yes. Okay, perfect. <laughs> okay, sorry, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> Love fan time uh, moment for Erica. Yes. It's that we were about to play Fuck Mary Kill with the <laughs> men of Storybrooke. <laughs> bonus episode, bonus episode. No, <laughs> you couldn't pay us enough. I'll do it myself. But yeah, I think the only love moment I have for this is just Leroy as a character. Like, he's the sweetest, he's the most realist character, I think, so far. Like, backstory-wise and character-wise, his story is one that's intrigued me the most so far. Like, it's... The episode, like, the storybook side of the episode is kind of boring. But, like, the Enchanted Forest storyline elements are some of the most interesting because there's lots of lore sort of stuff. And you guys know me, I love a bit of lore. (laughs) Um, And there's just a lot of development for his character. Um, and just kind of like what I was saying earlier, I just, I do wish that we got more of him as a character later on as well. Like, learn a bit more of the things that led up to this, a bit more of the history of the creation of dwarves and if there was an uprising or, like, what happened later on. Because, like, clearly, like, at a certain point, like, what we saw Snow with the dwarves later on, the dwarves clearly have left slavery at a later point, And it is just, this, well, the eight of them, because there was also a stealthy, um, until oh yeah <laughs> yeah no my, my boy stealthy was the first one to like get his axe in the episode and i'm like hey stealthy r.i.p <laughs> but um yeah i just wish this kind of a little bit more later on but for this episode it just leroy is a babe astrid we love her deserved better um because <laughs> no more after this why is this with women being written out of the show so easily in this series this is a uh, feminist show. What the fuck? I just want to point out, I remembered something that I probably shouldn't have, but remembering that Stealthy's whole gimmick is that he's stealthy and moves around sneakily and that, you know, he gets caught and murdered reminds me of Slipknot from uh, the Suicide Squad movie because he was he was the guy who can climb anything and he dies almost instantly. I think that that maybe speaks to um, the notion that we should be questioning the logic and the power of the dwarf axe system. If this Mm. dwarf axe told him that he was stealthy and then that caused his demise and the same thing happened to Dreamy, maybe we should be questioning the system telling us that dwarves can't get married and all of this stuff. Maybe we should unionize. Support unions. God damn it. (laughs) Exactly. Um, the only additional thing is, I will say, in fan fiction, Leroy is often one of my favorite characters because he has more of a role. He is sassily sarcastic, and I adore him for it. He keeps mm-hmm. the sister thing in fan fiction, by the way. Um, and him and Astrid, their whole thing in fan fiction, Astrid is still around because fan fiction knew Amy Acker was someone you do not use and just discard. Um, and like he is continuing like he helps like he helps out at the nunnery he puts in light bulbs he makes sure all of the utilities are able to be used and he just admires her from afar which is why he nearly occasionally gets stalking <laughs> judges because he does not know boundaries well it's adorable in some cases not in the sense of just like he's just at the nun place oh. all the time but he's a dude I was gasping <laughs> sorry Brad I was just gasping oh. because Amy Acker was in the cabin in the woods. I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> Favorite horror movie of all time. 
it is a, well I, I haven't seen it but I know it's good because <laughs> I can't do horror but um, I know her because she is um, the queer queen from Person of Interest which is why I know her root gotcha. we adore her she's like a, like a computer geek like knowledgeable from like childhood ran away to learn all about computers it's amazing watch Person of Interest but <laughs> for anyone who's interested in like artificial intelligence and all that sort of fun stuff um, and saving people's lives. Yay. Um, anyway. Oh, and lesbians. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's just all for my love moment. I just love Leroy. And I wish there was more of him. Stan, the the outwardly grumpy person who has a heart of gold. Leroy would absolutely be like, you know, I, the fuck off to whoever. But he'll be like, ah, a stray cat in the street. I will adopt it. He, he'll, he'll just pull off the stereotype. Definitely. Of, he'll just pull off the 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 stereotype of a dad who didn't want a cat and then like a month later he bought like a bunch of cat toys a cat tree absolutely yeah i can see it what about you erica i don't know that i feel strongly enough about anything to have like a fan time moment for this episode maybe rumpelstiltskin hating nuns <laughs> wait is that a love or a fancy moment it's like it's like I love it, but also like why? I don't remember why. So I look. Let's you know why? Because because we simp over everything Rumble does. Oh no, I don't remember why he hates nuns. Oh, uh, he he's the dark one. That's why. And that's what, and like he's, he's Satan, and they worship God. Like there's there's gonna be some kind of run in with nuns later at some point in the show because it feels like they were alluding to something. Does religion ever get brought up in the Enchanted Forest? Like, do, what do they believe in in the Enchanted Forest? Do they uh, believe? There I, There's I, definitely. I to... We're talking sorry. about the Christian iconography in like Rumple's uh, house, weren't we? Or was that oh, yeah, the Holy Grail and all that sort of yeah. stuff? Yeah, Christian iconography, but there's no religion in the Enchanted Forest. But the there's Holy just the God. Jesus Messiah narrative that is Emma. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I would like to point out that in fan fiction, that well, some fan fiction, there was a created sort of, uh, not a religious festival, but it was a sort of spiritual festival that they had in the Enchanted Forest because there was no religion, but there was spiritualism. And I love that. But the show didn't have it, but it was in fan fiction. And I'll find the right one because it was very good. So it. so less like Catholic celebrating Christmas and more like ancient Romans celebrating uh, Saturnalia. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Sort of like pagan sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Basically, uh, what Christmas originally was until Christians fucking stole it. <laughs> Goddamn. Um, anyway, um, I say this whilst we, we opened up with Easter. <laughs> it's just by the way, we're, we're recording this during Easter weekend. Have you all cleansed yourselves? He is risen. It has, it's, not it, Easter week. it's also Passover <laughs> and Ramadan. <laughs> and Ra it's a bunch of. This is just like religion. The religion, the month. <laughs> religion, the month. Uh, this just being like all I did was I got an Easter egg for myself, so that's that's the extent of my involvement. Um, <laughs> it was a good Easter egg. I haven't had it yet. I'm having it tomorrow because that is technically the day I meant to have it. So I was like, I'm Fran, good. Fran, 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 Fran. <laughs> I need my chocolate tomorrow. Fran, I can tell you yeah. right now, God won't care if you eat your egg today. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, it is Sunday right now here in the UK, so. <laughs> Technically, I could go eat it now, and I'm still a good Christian <laughs> Congratulations. You, you you have appeased God. You now have one step forward 
to going to the good place. But then you got to counter in all the negative points you get because of where you got the egg, the the, the labor that went into it, the the, the I airplane you were travel. About me being gay, and I was like, you know what? I didn't think God was going to be that much of a dick. <laughs> oh, negative points for being a lesbian. <laughs> I'm just referencing the good place where it's like plus 12 points because you got your mom flowers, but like minus a thousand because they came from, uh, uh, from, you know, X country minus another thousand. They came from a company with like mistreated employees minus another thousand points because they were sprayed with harmful pesticides, et cetera, et cetera. Oh yeah. I remember that. (laughs) Nothing has fucked me up more since the good place being like, even in the best intentions, there are still a lot of like negative things you're not accounting for. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thanks for ruining my psyche and my world philosophy. We appreciate you very much, Mark. Um... Final thoughts. What What are any final thoughts we have? Fuck the blue fairy. That is all. She is the true villain of the series. Cosine. Cosine as well. As always, if you want to support entering Storybrooke, you can do so by heading over to at Instagram at Storybrooke Pod, which is also the same on Twitter. And of course, let your friends know about entering Storybrooke so we can get more people to tune in because we're going to be doing this for a long while. So be sure to stay tuned. <laughs> and on that note, remember, have a great Easter and don't let the blue fairy talk you out of your happiness. She doesn't know shit. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye.